Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. We encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com. Pick the giving option that works best for you and help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. We've been in this series, we started last week on emotional health, and I want to go ahead and dive right in uh, to a passage of scripture. We're going to be looking at Jonah's story, and I, I recognize just a couple weeks ago, uh, Pastor JL brought a wonderful message um, from, from Jonah's story, from his life, and it really talked to us all about God's pursuit of our hearts. But I wanted to revisit this passage today because uh, in light of our series on emotional health, I believe there's a lot we can grab out of it right when it comes to uh, our feelings and our emotional health. So I'm going to dive right in here. Jonah chapter four, verse one says this, but to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. And he became angry and he prayed to the Lord. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home, this is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city, and there he made himself a shelter. And sat in his shade and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah and gave shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about that plant. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. And when the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. Today in the couple moments that we have together, I want to speak from the thought, what's the real problem? What's the real problem? In fact, would you elbow the person next to him? next to you and ask him, what's your problem? What's your problem? We all have a problem. And today we want to get to the root of what's the real problem. Last week, like I said, we started a series entitled Emotional Health. And really the premise of this series is that God has created us all with feelings and it's God's intent that we live with them, but not to be led by them. In other words, our feelings are to be indicators, check engine lights, if you would, on, on the, the gauge of our lives, flashing lights to indicate for us. Our feelings are to be indicators, but they're not to be dictators in our lives. And Jonah's story serves as a powerful picture of what happens when that order is reversed and these principles are violated and when we allow our lives to be led by our feelings instead of just living with our feelings. See, um, in this story, as we look at Jonah's story, we're going to recognize that, that if we don't manage our feelings, our feelings will manage us. And if our feelings begin to manage us, what happens is we will begin to mismanage our lives. 
And as you were here last week, we discussed the fact that our feelings are not a bad thing. In fact, they're a good thing. They're a gift from God. We need indicators in life, and and we're going to experience feelings. And it's one thing to have feelings, but it's another thing for your feelings to have you. It's one thing to have anger, but it's a completely different thing for anger to have you. It's one thing to have disappointment our grief, but it's another thing for disappointment, our grief to have you. And when we look at Jonah's story, it shows us that if we don't manage our feelings, then our feelings will manage us and we will begin to mismanage our lives. It starts here in Jonah chapter one, when Jonah receives a very interesting assignment from God. God says, I want you to go to Nineveh and speak to this group of people because um, they are living their lives in self sabotaging behavior that is destroying them and destroying my plan for their life. So Jonah, I want you to go and and teach them to repent, teach them about my love and how they could return to me. And Jonah gets this interesting assignment, but the Bible says this, it says, so when Jonah gets this word, verse three, it says, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for a port. So the Bible says he went down because anytime I'm in my feelings, no matter what direction I go, it always brings me down. That's the first thing we need to recognize is if you're living your life being led by your feelings, it will always bring you down. It says when he found a ship bound for a port, after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed from Tarshish to flee from the Lord. So, so he goes down to a port and he finds a ship. And don't miss this. The Bible says he paid a fare. Because anytime I'm being led by my feelings, it always costs me something. Sometimes it can cost me time. Sometimes it'll cost me money. Sometimes relationships. It can cost me influence. As a Christian, it can cost me my witness, but every time I'm being led by my feelings, it costs me something. And then the Bible says this, and I want you to see this today. He paid a fare to go in the wrong direction. The verse four says, then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea. So he goes down, he pays a fare, he gets on the ship, and then God sends the wind. Now, the wind blowing on the sea is, is not abnormal. Right? It's a very normal thing, common thing. The wind blows on the sea every day. So I can see how Jonah could miss this. You, you could see that he could miss this, but, but the Bible says, then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up and all the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God. So look at this, Jonah disobeys God. Decides to go in the wrong direction. It takes him down. It costs him something. He has to pay a fare. And then God sends a wind that is threatening to break up. This is such a violent wind. The Bible says it's threatening to break up the ship. And Jonah still can't see that all of these occurrences are actually his fault. Because anytime I am being led by my feelings and I'm inside my feelings, uh, it, it affects the way I see things. Because my feelings can act as a filter that sit on the lens of my eyes to where I'm seeing things that, that aren't really there and I'm hearing things that aren't really there. Because you, you can be in your feelings and when you're in your feelings, you're not seeing things clearly. And then people are, are reacting around you and you're looking at them through the f- filter of your feelings. So you, you start to see things and hear things that aren't really there. 
And there can be a, a woman at the office and, and, and all of a sudden you realize like she walked by you one day and she didn't say hi to you. And now all of a sudden, because of being in the filter of your feelings, you're thinking, can you believe she just walked by me? and She didn't even say hello to me today. Who does she think she is? Like she runs this place or something. I'm here every day saying hi to her. She doesn't say hi to me, but she, she just walked by me. Can you believe that? And I even like last week, I said hi to her. She said hi to everybody else. She didn't even say hi to me today, but we're in our feelings and we're seeing something that's not really there because what we don't know is maybe she just got some bad information and she got off a phone call and she's walking down the hallway thinking, I hope my grandfather can make it through this. God, can you help me here? In her silence, we interpret her silence as being some sort of attack against us. Because anytime you're in your feelings, you start to see things that aren't there. When you're in your feelings, you hear things that aren't there. You can hear passion and, and think disrespect. You can hear someone who really is caring about something and think, maybe they're judging me. They're, what they're saying about that is they must be saying that I'm not doing a good job. And we start to hear and see things that, that aren't really there. We're missing the real picture of what's taking place. And here we've got a whole group of men, a group of these sailors who, who recognize there's a problem here. Something went wrong because this voyage should have been easy. And now there's a storm here. There's wind blowing. There is a problem here. And Jonah still can't see that they're in all of this problem because of his disobedience. Because God gave him a plan for his life and he was choosing not to follow that plan. And now it's affecting him and it's affecting everyone around him. And he still can't even see it. So all the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God and they threw their cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. Think about this for a moment. For these sailors, I mean, the, they made their life transporting cargo. The way they were able to bring food home for their families is they were taking cargo and transporting it from one port to another and they'd receive that payment. So the cargo was valuable goods. The cargo was their valuables, okay? And the Bible says that they had to throw their valuables overboard just to be able to keep Jonah on the boat. Because when someone who is in their feelings is on your boat, you have to throw your values over just to keep them on. And that's something that we need to recognize here because uh, I taught a message last year at the 4640 conference to our teenagers and I titled the message, Throw Jonah Off the Boat. Because <laughs> it's possible that you could be in relationship with someone that you have to throw your values overboard just to keep them on your boat. It's possible that you can be in business with someone. You've got to compromise and throw what's important to you overboard just and able to be able to keep them on. But what we need to understand as followers of Christ is that anytime you have to throw your valuables overboard and able to keep someone else on your boat, that is not a person that God has assigned to keep on your boat. So you got to throw Jonah off the boat. In fact, give someone a high five and say, it's time to throw Jonah off the boat. Time to throw Jonah off. You might need to hear that today, church. Maybe you came in today and you're thinking the most spiritual thing you're going to do is sing a song, but maybe the most spiritual thing you could do today in your walk with God is throw someone off your boat. Maybe there's someone you need to throw. You might be feeling led right now. You've got to pull out your phone and just delete that contact. Because sometimes we have to recognize that, that we will have people that we will try to get on the boat of our life. And anytime we have to throw what's valuable to us overboard just to keep them on, we've got the wrong person 
on the boat. And here you've got a group of people who are, they're throwing their values overboard, just trying to save Jonah's life, just trying to keep him on. And all the while, while this is happening, you got, you got men upstairs and they're, they're freaking out. They're trying to figure out how they could fix the problem. They're throwing their values over. They're patching holes. They got buckets. They're pouring water out of the boat. And all the while, while this is going on, verse five says, but Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. He laid down and fell into a deep sleep. This doesn't say he's taking a nap. He's not sitting around where everyone else is and he's tired. So he just leans back and takes a nap. No, he laid down. I mean, this, this is deep sleep. This is your mouth open with a smile on your face sleep. This is drooling sleep. He, he is asleep. Everyone up top trying not to die. And he's downstairs asleep because when you're in your feelings, you're insensitive to what decisions you make and how they affect the other people that are around you. And here you've got a group of people that they're just trying to hold on just trying to keep things together because they, they didn't want to lose Jonah. And even here we see that Jonah was the catalyst for, for all this chaos. He was the one who created the mess. And when, when you're feeling in your feelings, you will allow other people to throw what's important to them off just in order to be able to help you. And in your feelings, you'll make the problem, but you won't help clean it up because it's Jonah's fault. What's Jonah doing? He's sleeping. Everyone else, throw it overboard. Get rid of this, get rid of that. Bail water. We got to figure out what the problem is. Because when you are in your feelings, you will allow other people to clean up the mess after you. And I think every one of us, we've probably caused that type of pain and that type of hurt for other people in our lives. But I, I also believe we've probably experienced that as well for ourselves. Have you ever had someone who, um, who you've gone through some sort of difficulty in your life and after a mess, after decisions, after the wreckage of what took place, is like after it was all over, they said they're sorry and they moved on and here you are still picking up the pieces and cleaning up your life? Like, yeah, you said you're sorry, but if you're sorry, you, why, why don't you help clean up this mess? Why don't you help get some of this water out of this? Well, you said you're sorry. If you're sorry, grab a bucket. <laughs> Like, if you're sorry, step up and do something about this. Don't, don't just say you're sorry and be insensitive to the, the wreckage that has been left behind. Get up here and help get some water out of this boat. So these, these men, they're, they're getting desperate. They've thrown everything overboard. They're bailing water. They're, they're trying to patch the boat. And, and they figure, we've got to figure out what's going wrong here. And they decide someone on this boat's got an issue. And we're going to get to the bottom of who it is. So the Bible says they began to cast lots to try to figure out who it was that had the issue. So they start casting the lots. And the Bible says that the lots pointed towards it being Jonah. And they said, hey, it's pointing at you. And he's like, yeah, I know. What do you mean you know? Like, you knew this was you. Yeah, I'm running from God right now. <laughs> Excuse me. You're running from God. He gave you direction for your life. You're disobeying him. It's affecting us right now. And you knew it. You should have told us it was you before water got in this boat. Jonah. He said, yeah, I know it was me. I, I, I was just, I didn't want to do his plan for my life. It didn't make sense. I didn't feel good about it. So I'm just doing things my own way. And, and why don't you, if it's such a big deal to you guys, why don't you just throw me overboard? Like, no, 
come on, man. We're not going to throw you overboard. We're not going to kill you over this. Are you kidding me? Like, so they decide, why, how, about we, how about we just start rowing the boat back? And, and the Bible says that they, they began to row back. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. So you got a group of people who are trying to hang on to someone who's living in his feelings. And now, now it's like they've thrown all their valuables overboard. Now they're getting worn out. They're the ones that are doing all the work to try to row the boat back. They're the ones getting exhausted and it wasn't even their fault. And we see that they're, they're rowing back. They're trying as hard as they can, but the Bible says that the storm would not let them. So God sent a storm that would not let them get back to where Jonah was supposed to be in the first place. There's a reason though. Why? Why is it if God wanted him back there, why would God stop their, their, their moving back in that direction? Why would he hinder what they were doing? Well, it's because the Bible says that God the same God that sent the storm is the same one the Bible says, and I love that it uses this word, provided. It uses the word, it provided a fish, a huge fish, not, not to eat Jonah, but to swallow, swallow Jonah. See, God is saying, I, I can't let you go back there because I've already provided transportation for Jonah to get back to where he's going. Because see, if we slow down and look at this, a whale can get you there a lot faster than a bunch of men trying to row a boat can get you there. And sometimes I think we look at what God does in our lives and we think, you know what, I'm trying to get to where God wants me. I'm trying to get here. And then all of a sudden it feels like our life got wrecked and things don't look good and we're in a whale. And we don't recognize that what God has in his plan for you, he can get you there a lot faster than the way you thought you could originally get there on your own. And we think, man, it's like, but, but I wanted to get there on the boat. God never said anything about a boat. There was never a boat in God's plan. So I'm gonna take something I created and I'm gonna use it to, to, to get you there, to help you get where I was trying to get you in the, in the first place. I, I wanna get you there. So we look at this and we think, man, that seems like, like painful. It seems like it'd be judgment, right? Because well, why would God send a whale to swallow Jonah? It seems like punishment, like judgment. I think we've all done stupid stuff before where we can look at our lives and feel like the consequences that we have to pay for with that is, is the punishment. It's the pain. In fact, we, we can look at it that way, but really, if we, if we look at verse 14, the men that were, that were talking to Jonah here, Jonah's saying, why don't you throw me overboard? And they're like, no, we don't want to do that. And they start praying, God, would you like spare our lives because we don't want to take an innocent man's blood. We don't want to get in trouble for the fact that, that we throw this man in the ocean because these men are thinking if we throw Jonah into the water, he's going to die. If we throw him there, he, he can't survive the ocean on his own. And really what, what we would have looked at first in this story where we saw that God sent a whale and provided a fish to swallow Jonah, you'd go, well, that's punishment. But maybe it wasn't punishment. Maybe it was protection. Because, because in the whale, yeah, it stinks. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, we hate it. Yeah, we don't want to experience it. But a whale is a lot better than dying in the ocean. And a lot of times we, we look at this and we, we judge a situation and we start complaining about the whale that we're experiencing in life when it could have been an ocean that we're facing. 
And man, these men, they're, they're saying, oh, we, we, we don't want to throw this man overboard. And Joseph says, just, just throw me overboard. Little side note on that. Little side note here. He's saying, just throw me overboard. Wait, wait a minute, Jonah. You're a grown man. What? If you know God wants you over there on the shore, why don't you get in the water and you start swimming yourself? Right? Because anytime you're in your feelings, you start depending on other people to do for you what you should already be doing for yourself. So here you got Jonah going like, I know I'm supposed to be, God told me to go that way and I didn't go that way. So now would you guys get me that way? And you go, whoa, 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 whoa. This has nothing to do with them. You start doggy paddling. You start side stroke swimming. Float on your back if you got to. You're a grown man. You should be getting back to where God wants you. It's like, man, in, in my feelings though, I, I depend on other people to do for me what I should already be doing for myself. And then we see here that Jonah is swallowed by this huge fish. And, and we can pause and say, yeah, this, this is protection. Yeah, it's not, it's not necessarily what we'd want, but, but he could have died in the ocean. And here God sent something. It doesn't make sense to us. Like, like why not the boat? Why not let them push back? But, but, but God provides a transportation to get him where he wanted him all along. And the Bible then tells us that, that he lands on the shore when he gets there three days later. He spent three days in the belly of a fish. Three days. Why Three days. Why that long? Why that difficult? I, I believe sometimes God will allow us to sit in the, in, in the stench of our own decisions sometimes so that when we finally get out of it, when God brings us out and delivers us out, we have resolved in our heart, I am never going back there again. I'm not going to do that again. And I think for, for many of you in this room, you would agree with me. You've been through some things in your life where you've sat there in the stench before. And you, you've gone through the problems where you're going, thank God he let me sit there. Because if I didn't sit there, I might have gone back. If they would have rolled me to the shore, I might have gone back to the same decisions. But I sat in that long enough where I'm saying, thank God I'm never going back there again. It's his grace. This picture, this story of what God is doing in Jonah's life, the whale, it's, it's protection, it's provision, it's transportation, it's grace. He, he went in the wrong direction, but God still provided a way for him to come back to exactly where he wanted him in the first place. And he lands on the shore there, and, and the Bible says that he finally, he goes into Nineveh, and he preaches a gospel message and says, guys, you have got to turn away from your sins and turn back to the God who loves you. And the Bible says that the entire city of Nineveh repented and turned back to God, and God spared a city. And that is where most people stop teaching when it comes to the story of Jonah. That's Jonah chapter 3. But... We see that the story continues on to Jonah chapter four. In Jonah's chapter one and two, Jonah's running from God. In chapter three, he repents and, and God uses him. But in Jonah chapter four, we see Jonah being petty. And God is having to start dealing with his heart condition, him being petty. So in, in chapter three, we see Jonah as a prophet. In chapter four, we see him as petty because you can be a petty prophet. <laughs> 
You, you can be used by God and still have some issues. You can be used by God and still have some attitudes and be led by your feelings. You can still be used from God, but still be saved, still love God, have a home forever in heaven, tied up and still have some issues when it comes to the area of your emotions. And we see in Jonah chapter four, he's petty. Why is he petty? And why would you say that? Well, let's look here, verse at one of chapter four. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong and he became angry. So wait, God sends you to preach to a people. You preach to the people, they repent, it's success. And then, and then you get angry about it? Well, the reason that Jonah is upset is because Nineveh is the capital of Assyria. And the Assyrians were, were arch enemies of the Israelites. So for generations, there had been all sorts of oppression that had taken place where the Assyrians were just cruel to the Israelites. And there was so much there. there and it's like, these are enemies of the Israelites. So when God spared this group of people, Jonah was upset. I didn't really want you to spare them, God. It's like, I want you to bless me. I want you to bless the people that I love and the people I'm around. I want you to bless other people. And we see that this attitude comes out where he's petty because he's upset about the fact that his people have been mistreated. So, so it's like, this didn't actually happen. It's more metaphoric, but it's, he's like praying, God forgive them, but he really doesn't want God to forgive them. And I pray God would bless you, but he's thinking, God, please don't really bless them. <laughs> God, God, spare their city. God, bring it to them right now. It's like there's, there's a heart issue here. He's saved. He's being used by God. He's, he, 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 he's one of God's children, but, but he's being led by his feelings so much so that now we see God's having to deal with him in chapter four. And see, a lot of us, we... We, we want the chapter three in our life. We want to be used by God, but we don't want the chapter four. I don't want God to deal with my petty. I, I want, God, I want you to bless me and I want you to use me and help my kids, but don't deal with what's really going on on the inside. I'd rather just keep that to myself. And we see here that, that Jonah has gotten to a place where God is starting to deal with him on, on, on what's really going on in his life. So we, we look here, verse four, or back to verse one, it says, but to Jonah, this seemed very wrong and he became angry. And then in verse four, God speaks to him. He says, but the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? Like, really? Is, is, this, is this right for you to be? I mean, he's basically asking the question, Jonah, Why? Why are you angry? Why are you upset right now? I mean, do you really have the right to be angry? And Jonah is so angry, he says this verse three, I wish I was dead. I wish I was dead because when, when you're in your feelings, you don't just act illogically, you speak illogically. You don't just do things you wouldn't normally do. You say things you wouldn't normally say. And we see that he is here and he is so angry. He's like, I wish I was dead. And God said, listen, why? Why are you angry right now? God is revealing to us the first step to us becoming emotionally healthy in our lives. This is a step that must be uh, taken in order for us to step out of our feelings and start being led by the Holy Spirit. And that's number one, the first step is awareness. Awareness, God is trying to bring Jonah into awareness of what is really going on with him. Jonah's going, I'm mad, I'm angry. He was like, yeah, 
you think that you're self-aware because you know you're angry. You experience a feeling and you know what that feeling is. You think you're self-aware, but let me ask you a deeper question. Why? Why are you angry? Because everyone knows when they experience a feeling. A three-year-old knows when they experience the feeling of anger. You tell a three-year-old no on the candy aisle at Target and everyone in the store is gonna know that kid is angry. Like, it doesn't take much to figure out your feelings, but, but God asked a deeper question. He said, I know Jonah, I want you to become aware of what's really taking place here. Jonah, you say you're angry, so you think yourself aware. Why are you angry? Jonah. Why? Well, God, I'm hurt. Why are you hurt? Well, I'm sad. Why are you sad? Well, I feel betrayed. Why do you feel betrayed? God is trying to get us to a deeper picture. When you really evaluate what took place, do you have the right to feel hurt? Is there really a good reason for you to be, have you really been hurt or are you just uh, perceiving it a specific way? So like, why are you hurt? Well, because, because they broke up with me. Well, you just told someone you wanted to break up with them. <laughs> but so you're not really hurt because they broke up with you. See, really what it is is that you didn't want them, but you wanted to be wanted. So now you're hurt. So it's like he's saying, get to the deeper issue here. Because it's one thing to go through life and go, look, there's a light blinking on my dashboard. And he's saying, no, that's not good enough. Why is the light blinking on your dashboard? Because here Jonah is, and he, and he is mad at God, and he is letting God hear about it. He, he is so upset right now. He's angry, and God's going, I want to help you. I want to heal you. I want, I want you to have uh, fullness in your life where you're whole when it comes to your spirit, your soul, and your body. So let's get down to it. Why are you angry? And Jonah had it all figured out in his mind because he knew he had a feeling and he's saying he could see it i could see that i'm angry but what he couldn't see is what was really going on on the inside because there was something deeper than just this anger and when you dig a little bit deeper into the text and you be, you begin to see that god reveals that the feeling was an indicator for something that's taking place on another level deeper and that's his arrogance his arrogance where you see the arrogance. So again, verse one, uh, but to Jonah, this seemed wrong. <laughs> Wait, who are you? <laughs> Jonah, who are you? Like, here God sends you to go speak to a people that he loves and this seems wrong to you? Like, who are you? See, arrogance will make you think that you know how to navigate waters that you've never been in before. And arrogance will make you think that you can handle situations that you haven't been given the grace in order to be able to handle yet. So it will cause a married couple to look at a single person and say, well, I got all the answers for how you should live your single life. And yet we, we would tell you to do things that really you didn't actually do when you were single hasn't really been tested by experience or, or it would take someone who ha doesn't have kids yet and say, well, when I have kids, I'm not gonna raise my kids like that. I'm gonna raise them a different way. It's like, we've got to figure it out. And to that, I would just say, go have some kids, <laughs> all right? <laughs> Learn that one quickly. 
But arrogance will, will make you think that, like, wait a minute, I already know how to navigate these waters. After all, like, I, I asked Jesus to forgive me. So, like, I, I, now, now here we've got Jonah. He's repented. So, so it's like he, he has gotten to a place now where he is so arrogant because he was in the place where he was running from God. But now he's in a good place with God. So he looks around and he thinks, well, now I know what's wrong with everyone else. See, arrogance will cause you to remember your chapter three and forget your chapters one and two. To remember where God used you, but forget the fact that, that yeah, I was running from God too. That yeah, you were running from God too. Yeah, we wanted to do it our own ways and we turned our back on him. So God begins to show him here that yeah, you're angry. Why are you angry? Because there's arrogance in you. And then he says, let's dig a little bit deeper. And he starts to show that even inside this, as we get a little bit deeper, what's going on, the arrogance is there because of an entitlement. Where did this entitlement come from? Well, see, Jonah just received grace from God. And now he's unwilling to extend that same grace to other people, the same grace that he just received for himself. So now he feels entitled to a grace from God that he's not willing to give to anyone else. It's like, wait a minute, John, you just got spit out of a whale. You, you just turned your back on God, went the opposite direction. You went down, you paid a price. You got thrown into the sea, swallowed by a whale, spit on the seashore. Now, God still decides to forgive you and use you and blesses you, and you're not willing to extend grace to other people? So I, I remember my chapter three, but did I forget my chapters one and two? I, I remember that God extends grace to me, but did I forget that I was just as jacked up as everyone else around me? That God is a good God and he loves us and he wants to extend grace, not just to me, but to everyone else, not just to the people that look like me and vote like me and think like me, but, but he loves every person. And he wants to extend grace to every person. So here we've got God and he, he's trying to show Jonah, Jonah, you got to dig deeper. You think yourself aware because you know you're angry. And I wonder, there's so many of us that emotionally in our lives, we feel like I already know what my problem is. My problem is I'm angry. My problem is I'm sad. My problem, well, is that really the problem? Are you sure? Because in this text, we see that God is encouraging us to dig a little deeper. And really that's the, the take home of what I wanna encourage every one of us with tonight, because this is a journey. This is a journey that we would continue to move forward when it comes to our emotional health. And, and we've got to recognize that with this first step of God wanting us to become aware of what's taking place in our lives, we have to be aware of it so we can present it before him for him to be able to heal us there. What it's gonna take is investigation. And that's what I wanna encourage every person in this room to do as you leave this place is to leave here going, I must investigate what's really going on. Because every one of us in this room, just right off the top of our minds, we go, I know what's on the outside of my box. Uh, I know what's here. It, it might be sadness. It might be depression. I know what it is. And God is saying, but why? Why is it there? It's an indicator light that's flashing to try to get you to wake up and see that there's something that you have to tend to in your soul. It might be forgiveness that you have to go back and, and offer to someone else. It might be forgiveness that you need to just openly receive from God. 
It might be going back and, and mending some things in some relationships, but what is it? He's going, why is that there? He goes, we got to get to it. And when it comes to investigation, it's going to mean that we are going to have to go do work on our behalves. Work. Because let me tell you something, emotional health does not happen for lazy people. Emotional health happens when you become intentional and assertive and aggressive saying, I am going to get to the root of this and I'm going to allow God to start changing me. I've never met a single person in my life who just struggled and struggled and struggled and struggled emotionally. And then they woke up one day and they're like, I'm great. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> because we've got to get serious about it. So in that investigation, it might mean that we need to pull some people around us that we love and we trust. Pull a, a sibling around or a parent or a friend, someone that we love. Am I, is there something I'm missing here? Why am I still hurt by something that took place 10 years ago? Are you, am I missing something? Do you see something that you haven't been willing to tell me because I need to get to the root of what's really taking place here? Why am I sad? Why am I angry? might mean that we need to take it a step further and go to a counselor or something like that. But we do the work to investigate. But even beyond that, beyond a counselor, beyond a friend, beyond a coworker, beyond, beyond whoever, beyond your aunt, there is someone who has the answer. And it comes to a place where where we have to say, you know what? I am going to get serious about this and I'm gonna, in the intimate time I have with God, I'm gonna stop what I'm doing and ask God, God, why am I hurting like this? Why am I sad? And ask him. We see that King David in Psalms chapter 139, he, he had issues going on in his heart and he decided to come before the Lord and say, search me, oh God, and see if there's anything in me that's not right. I wanna know God, why do I feel this way? Why am I not sleeping at night? Why? We have to get serious with our God and know that he's the one that has the answer. We might have friends that can point things out for us that would be helpful, but he in one moment can tell you you're hurt because of this. You're angry because of this. And, and then once he reveals it to us, he's the only one that can heal us. Because remember, in this journey, we're not going to learn to just manage our feelings. You go through your entire life managing anxiety, managing depression, managing anger, anger. You can go through life that way, but God doesn't want to just manage it. He offers you more than that. He offers you healing. And when you come before God, God, would, would you help me here? He can begin to mend back together those areas of you that have been broken. And see in this investigation, what we're gonna go to this next week and why I don't want anyone to miss this. Why, if you got friends that you wish were here today, make sure they're here next week. Watch the last two services with them and then bring them here this next week. Because the other thing that we have to investigate and figure out is what is triggering this pain? What's triggering this emotion? Because there's something that's winding you up, something that's triggering you that's causing Jack to jump out of the box. And you go, I didn't even realize that was there. I, didn't, I had no clue that that thing was about to jump out. Now it jumped out. What caused that to happen? And man, you can go through most of your life feeling like everything's fine because you're stuffing stuff on the inside and then boom, it explodes out. And you I had no idea I was so messed up. I had no idea I was so hurt. And now that that came out, God has shown you, look, I exposed it because I want to heal it. And I want to encourage you, don't miss this next week. 
I wanna encourage you, go home and spend this intimate time with God. You can't have the benefits of an intimate relationship with God without having an intimate relationship with God. So in Jesus' name, I wanna encourage you, sit down, pray in his name and ask him to meet with you and show you what's really going on. And then come back and let's be ready to allow God to just to expose to us what needs to be changed in us. So pray with me, church. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every person here. And I thank you that you're taking us on this journey. And God, I pray right now for your help. I know that there's so many in this room that are hurting. There's real depression and real anxiety and real fear and real anger and so many different hurts in this room that God, only you know about. And I pray that God, as we come before you, you would help us. You'd, you'd show us what's going on inside our lives and you would heal us. God, help us as a church family to grow so much healthier and grow stronger in our walk with you, that we would be the type of people that are whole in our spirit, our soul, and our body. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. I love you, church. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, Romans 10, 9. You can do that right now. I just wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on a cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week.